And we are live and we are back. Let's go. I'm Corey Yos. One app, a Gordon Full Effect podcast. And I'm back like I never left with another installment of Money Mindset here. On the Gordon Full Effect podcast, we discuss health and wealth, finance and fitness and everything in between. We want to make sure you save more and say less and keep making better your best. And I know y'all see the topic or should I say topics of today's video. We're getting to the mom, the bank of mom and dad. Thanks to oh yeah, the bank of mom and dad. We're going to get into some black investors statistics then we're going to talk about what happens when you retire with your mortgage if you you probably heard me if you've been listening since the beginning i've talked many a times about how when people talk about investment planning from a retirement standpoint retiring with a mortgage slash mortgage payment is rarely if ever talked about as far as the withdrawal process and what you're going to use that money to pay for in short when you retire your mortgage payment essentially shows up Possibly in healthcare expenses because as you get older and you retire, you lose your cheaper insurance, usually via your employer. So you have to go get your own insurance. And then you might just because you're older, up in age, you have an increase in overall health expenses. All right. But before we get started, y'all know what to do. Make sure y'all comment, like, share, subscribe, leave those rating views for the podcast platforms as well. My information as well as my coach Jordan information can be found in the description. And one day it will be a pinned comment. All right. And I know probably the last set of videos. For whatever reason, my Wi-Fi is good, but for my, I, I think it's when I'm streaming, I guess it, even though these aren't streams, these are pre-recordings, but it has an issue sometimes. So hopefully um, we don't have any issues this time. It might be, I needed to let it load a little bit longer because I don't see, I think I have any issues right now. All right. And again, before we get started, as always, don't sue me, see your mama. This is for entertainment purposes only. Myself, nor Jordan, or fitness or finance professionals. Anything you hear on here is for entertainment purposes only. And you need to seek out professional and do your own research before taking any action. All right. Again, student loans. What am I going to do? Update on student loans. Maybe we'll wait till election season really ramps up and we'll see what the politicians are talking about from a student loan standpoint. And then, oh, wait, where's my mortgage thing at? Okay, cool. And then we'll uh, we'll get into some student loans then. All right. Car payment. I think I got rid of my car payment. Average car payment. Still, yep, still 726 and 533. All right. All right, y'all. Let's get into it. First one's going to be about, and this is going to be a shorter episode. Again, I told you I'm going to do, try to cover more, more topics on episodes. All right. So we're getting banking mom and dad for this episode. Let me go ahead and share my screen. This is something I saw. And again, on one episode that I did, I talked about I talked about how parents are using their children as their retirement plan. But this one is talking about the bank of mom and dad. Young adults still rely on parents. But shout out to the first time listeners out there. This is your first time listening. The names of the authors of these articles, just they. I'm assuming that's Anakin, but like A-N-N-E-K-E-N. To pay tappy january 29 2024 all right y'all we're getting some more recent articles many young adults don't think of themselves as financially independent from their parents according to data from the pew research the pew research center they'd be coming through less than half a young adult surveyed by pew said they're completely financially independent all right less than 50 percent. though this jumps up to more than two-thirds and broaden it to being mostly financially independent young women were more likely than young men to say that they were mostly financially self-sufficient. Shout out to the you know, women earning more money than men, as they say, and the college degree situation. The top two areas young adults received help 
was to pay for household expenses, phone bills, and streaming services. Shout out. I know this is talking about parents, but when it says saying that men, women are more financially independent or self-sufficient is the word they're using them in. Where's the data about the women who are getting their, you know, their bills paid for by people who aren't their parents? The top two areas young adults receive help for, as I said, household expenses, phone bills, and stream, streaming services. I mean, if we're, if we're going to count streaming services, most people are sharing accounts. That's why Netflix did what they did. Looking at the parents, nearly 60% have provided financial support to their adult kids, defined as a group age 13 to 34. I mean, I was in that group, age 13 to 30 best. I would say it has to be above 22 because if you're staying at, if you're going to college, say I get a full ride scholarship to college and I, but I'm deciding to stay at home, I, would, I wouldn't want those, you know, set of kids or adults, young adults to be included in this percentage because you're going to college right now time in their relative going to college age supportive parents two-thirds surveyed young adults said that their parents did a lot to prepare them to be independent adults but the economy had other plans for them not true not true financial literacy rate is too high um people have too much when it comes to student loan debt. your parents student loan debt your parents did not prepare you at all when it comes to student loans hence the student loan situation they didn't prepare you at all in mass when it came to getting a degree slash education that could actually allow you to you know pay for things in life fail there um yeah no 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 between the pandemic and also to the economy if we're talking about ages 18 to 34 this is back in millennials what is the mid the midway it's cutting off the early, the early 80 babies millennials but this is most millennials and early gen z Back in millennials and early Gen Z who graduated, what, 2020, 2020, 2022? That's, yeah, that's that's early. That's early Gen Z. The, the, the issue is when Gen Z slash the back in millennials graduate college in the pandemic era, for those who graduated then, the economy wasn't terrible. Our lifestyle had changed, but people were trying to hire somebody. It may not be in your field, but money was out here. Let's be very clear. All right. Two-thirds of surveyed young adults said their parents did, okay, between the pandemic era inflation spike, housing, high, high housing costs. No, see, I need to get a roommate. All right. And inflation didn't go up that crazy as someone, you know, li living through it. Inflation didn't go up that crazy. As I spoke, I believe, on the last episode, that how much did you inflate your lifestyle? Not that the, the cost of goods that they use to track inflation increase. You're spending more money. Not because things, the price of things has increased, but you just decided to spend more money i.e. during the pandemic, you decided to go on vacation when you should have paid down your student loan debt. I think that's going to be my thing for the rest of my life. Y'all was on vacation when y'all should have paid down your student loan debt. All right. And layoffs in certain sectors. Young adults aren't facing the easiest conditions. Also, too, don't let this be a knock as someone who stayed at home, right? Supportive parents. It's one thing if you're staying at home and you're not moving forward financially in your career, however you want to phrase it. And it's another thing if you just, you know, bumming at the house when you're living with your parents. But most people are graduating college with student loan debt. You, I think it should be recommended that you, and like the general route that you stay at home until your student loan debt is paid off. Since the student loan debt is such a big situation, and then on top of they're going to complain about inflation, housing costs, things like that, stay at home, pay off your debt, build up your savings, and in that time as well, because it's going to take a couple of years, you're going to be advancing your career. And then by the time you get your debt paid off, you have some years in your career, assuming you do picked a proper career field where you can actually make some money out here you're going to be in a position where it's time to move out that hey 
you got a positive net worth, you got three to six months of expenses, and and hopefully your financial literacy has increased and you're ready to actually get out here in the world. It doesn't make any sense for people to go out here when they're not ready to financially do it. Not to mention that, let's be very clear. Three income household is better than two income household. Everybody talking about here, they got to get multiple jobs. Assuming you're working financially, it should be a benefit to your parents. It shouldn't be less of a burden because you should be bringing in more money than what your expenses are. I mean, let's just be very clear. All right. Not to mention once you get, you know, up in age, I remember once I started going to college and I was staying at home for um, my last three years, the the AC and the heat wouldn't kick on when I was home because mom was like, yeah, ain't nobody home. We're not used to nobody being home right now. So, you know, we turned it off. So that type of stuff goes down. Um, you know, you're a young adult, so you're probably going out more, things like that. You're probably feeding yourself more, going out to eat more, things like that. So there shouldn't be a, a true increase financially on your parents if you're out here making your money and taking care of your, you know, your bills. Some of y'all need to pay off your parents' student loan debt, like I did, the parent plus loan. Not that you have to, but you want to talk about, hey, it's not like I was out here bumming for free. You know, y'all see it. Y'all can check, you know, my Instagram, my TikTok, might be on Twitter too. I, I paid off well over $20,000 in parent plus loans. So I just wasn't out at home doing nothing. And then at my house, everybody else is different. We got to pay tithes. So, you know, as Drake said, it's gross what I net. I was paying tithes too that whole time I was paying off my student loan debt on top of that. And the tie was 10% for those who don't know. And that was 10% of my gross. So I could have paid off my debt way faster if I didn't pay tithes. Not that I would have, but just far from a financial standpoint. While young adults of today are more likely to have a college degree, right, and work full time than their counterparts 30 years ago, they're also in more debt I said, to call to pay for college and housing. I want to say this. I do not read these articles ahead of time. I, this is why I always talk about student loans, because when we talk about millennials and younger, the student loan situation is the big, biggest financial mark on all of us as far as you know, being part of the millennial generation and younger. Student loans is destroying and has destroyed this generation and the ones after. Equally helping out their offspring doesn't go unnoticed by parents' budgets either. Okay, here we go. More than one-third said helping their children financially over the past years never affected their own financial situation. That's what I'm talking about. Your parents shouldn't be helping you financially in the sense of whatever bills they were paying for from a housing standpoint. Let's say they're paying, obviously they're paying the rent or mortgage, groceries, things like that. Groceries shouldn't cost, groceries shouldn't cost that much in the sense of you should be able you know, to you know, eat what you're eating. Right. Um, I talk about utilities. Look, you grown now, so you know you ask I get out of the shower. Make sure you turn them lights off, right? I feel like I'm Terry Cruz off everybody um hates Chris right now. As soon as I see a light on nobody in the room, I go in there, I turn that joker off. Why is this water running? Yeah, don't don't run up the cost. Take faster showers, things like that, or help out, right? Or help out whether it's taking that off, you know, um the student loan payment that your parents have to make for a parent plus loan or chipping in some money. But if you coming out of college making forty, fifty thousand dollars and you staying at home, even if you have student loan payment. Hopefully you don't have a car payment and credit card debt, but a lot of people do as well. On top of that, you should still be able to help out where needed if your parents need it. So they're not, quote unquote, supporting you here for this one third. And then on top of that, make some progress financially. All right. Give me a second. I'll be right back. All right. Oh, my bad. But um, yeah. If you're a child and you're staying at home, and you're past that relative, you know, graduating college age at 21, 22 age. You should be working and helping out financially. I wasn't at home just bumming it. You should be doing what you can to make progress financially so you don't put the, your parents in that position. Because regardless of what the numbers say, a lot of people, when they move out, are still dealing with getting help from their parents from a financial standpoint. All right. But again, y'all get a quick article. Again, the Bank of Mama. Oh, it's not. Here we go. 
The mega mom and dad, young adults still rely on parents by Anakin Tappy to pay January 29, 2024. All right, now we're going to get to the next article. Here we go. We're talking about, don't tell me it's not working. All right, here we go. Let me see how that looks. This is on Yahoo Finance, but oh, yeah, and that last article was by SoFi. Here we go, Yahoo Finance, Afrotech section. Black investors have become the fastest growing demographic of stock buyers in America, according to a report. I wonder if we're going to get how much their return is during this time frame. Samantha Dor- Dorska, 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 January 16, 2024, two minute read. Why did I say too many read? Anyway, young black investors are taking initiative in the stock market. According to a study conducted in 2022 and now released by Aerial Investments and Charles Schwab, 68% of black respondents under 40, so essentially millennials and younger, are now investing in stocks in comparison to 57% of younger white respondents. What does that mean? Because... In short, even though this is 68% of black, assuming they ask the same amount of black people and same amount of white people, but if we're going to apply this 68% to all black people, you know, millennials and younger, 57% of all white people, millennials and younger, it's still a significantly larger percentage of white people because there's so many more white people than black people. Oh my goodness. You're seeing topics of money and investing coming up at the dinner table slightly more among black families than they had ever before. How do you know this, Ariel Patrick? Chief Communications Officers at, at Aerial Investments told the Wall Street Journal, were you there at these dinner tables and these meetings? Were you Are you invited to the cookout? In December 2023, the Wall Street Journal disclosed a broad statistic about Americans indicating that 58% of U.S. households possess stocks in 2022, marking a 5% rise from 2019. When we're saying stocks here, are we, are we talking, and I'm asking questions like they're going to answer it. Are we talking about just like, you know, taxable brokerage accounts or single stocks, which would be, you know, taxable broker account or IRA. Or are we talking about in general, like investments, including 401ks here, retirement plans. Based on a Federal Reserve survey, the data encompassed individual shares, funds. Okay. When I tell y'all, I do not read ahead. And this is why it's so funny, because for people who read ahead and they're watching this, they can see that it says based on Federal Reserve survey that data encompassed individual shares, funds, retirement managers accounts. But I do not read these articles ahead of time. And I don't read ahead. So y'all can get that live reaction. Because it's including everything, which is good. If, if black, if black people are getting seeing an increase in more professional jobs, right? To the in the sense where the data is talking about how women have more degrees, uh, black women have more degrees than black men, and they're getting these professional jobs. We should see, and you know, because a lot of companies now auto enrolling you essentially into four hundred one k. We should see an increase there. The rise credited to the aftermath of the pandemic, which shifted financial habits for Americans and led to the first investment in the stock market for some. Okay. It created a whole generation of investors. Anthony Diener, CEO of mobile brokerage Weeble US, said, according to the outlet, it is important to note an alarming trend reported by Aerial Investments and Charles Schwab among black and white investors. While it does not appear individuals are energized when it comes to investing, there also appears to be a lack of education surrounding those investments, according to the study. In fact, 47% of black investors and 45% of white investors reported they had invested their money in a sector where they lacked a full understanding. This is all I'm talking about. Okay, let's, what did they invest in? What was their return? Things of that nature. Also on top of that, are they continuing to invest? Okay, so they, they, you know, their first investment in the stock market. This is this all they're saying? Or is this just asking, do you have, you know, money in the stock market? Or is this talking about, I know they did retirement managed accounts, retirement and managed accounts, but is this getting into 
you know, outside of retirement accounts where that's just kind of automatically coming out your check, which is a good thing. But are people continuing to invest? That's what we really should want to know. Black investors also mentioned, I, I mean, if you're in real estate, one wouldn't say because you own a primary, just your primary residence, you're in real estate. Obviously, by definition, you would be, but it's not like, oh, yeah, I'm a real estate investor and all you guys are primary residents. I don't think the real estate people would appreciate that. Black investors also mentioned they were more likely to inform their investment decisions based on sources that are less credible. Yes, yeah, shout out to the social media scammers. Am I one of those social media scammers? No, my prices aren't high enough to scam people. Anyways, and I'm not a scammer. As a matter of fact, 33% of black investors link their investment information. I swear to God, I do not read these articles ahead of time. They link 33% of black investors link their investment interest to information found on social media. A number higher than that of white investors, which was less than 25%. See, data like this too, you know, what are the percentage of black people versus white people on social media? My guess is, my guess is raising doesn't play an factor between black and white people when it comes to social media. Maybe it does. I don't know. Black people run Twitter or X, formerly known as Twitter. I know that. I don't know if black people run um, Instagram, but as they call it, black Twitter or black, I'm going to say black X. I sound crazy. Anyways, the confluence of low stock market participation Appetite for risky investment options and alarming lack of knowledge about fundamental investing principles is a red flag about the critical need for greater investor education. Melody Hobson, co-CEO and president of Aerial Investments, said in the study, yeah, rule well, rule one of investing, don't invest in things you don't understand. So was it a third of people? No, 45 and 47 percent. 47 percent black people and 45 percent white people invested in money in a sector they lack understanding. So almost half of black and white people broke the rule and i don't know if this is 50 percent of the 68 percent 50 percent of the 68 percent or you know almost all the black people that invested invested in the sector they didn't understand <laughs> i don't know what that is many new young investors have never experienced market volatility like we've seen in the last couple of years there hasn't been that much market volatility if you if you got it they're saying the pandemic caused people to invest the volatility in the market from a pandemic standpoint happened at the very beginning of the pandemic as well they were um, they were in sync with each other. I was going to say synonymous. I don't know if synonymous is the right word. But they were in sync with each other. The market crashed sometime in March 2020. That's when the pandemic started. You know, officially, I guess you can say from United States, United States standpoint, because talking about, you know, the United States stock market, they were at the exact same time. So if black people started investing during the pandemic, it wouldn't have been right at the beginning of the pandemic because nobody knew the pandemic was the pandemic at the beginning of the pandemic. That's not, that's not how it worked. Um, so if you waited a but the perfect time to buy was when the market dropped. So all those people got in then, if they happen to invest, you know, in March 2020, they should be up crazy. Market went down last year was 2023. So 2022, the market had a negative return. But I mean, it doesn't go up every year. So I guess this is a lack of information, but it wasn't crazy volatility. If you do, again, index funds, right? SP 500 type things, broad indexes, not, not investment advice, not a financial advisor, but the stuff that the professionals recommend, they say you do, i.e. like Warren Buffett says, you would have been good. Okay, and we have a responsibility to educate these. Who, who, I don't know, who hasn't the responsibility to educate these new investors about the value of long-term investing to build wealth and achieve financial security? I don't, I mean, you were, you're, C, you're the co-CEO of Aerial Investments, an investment company slash firm. 
But when you say they have the responsibility, people need to be autodidactic. That's one of the issues. People rely on others to gain information. Hence what y'all said about the social media. That That's the issue. You got to go out here and do your own research, do your own fact checking and get as much information as possible before you even go see a professional. That's the one thing when I tell my clients, I tell them this is not a full time. This is not a permanent service. Eventually, I want you and you need to leave me. And for those of you who want to have, you know, do some crazy wealth building, you need to seek out a professional. And I give them the information and the credentials they need to seek out when they actually go seek a professional. All right. And again, again, like I tell y'all, we, we, we moving through these. This is the first episode like this. Black, because Afrotech, Yahoo Finance, Black investors have become the fastest growing demographic of stock buyers in America, according to a report, even though 47% of them said they invested in something they didn't understand, and 33% of them said they got information from social media, and then that they need more education. So all this said is, even though Black investors are investing more, they did, they did it poorly, which... I guess it's better that they're investing than not investing because most people learn, you know, better by, you know, doing right instead of sitting on the sidelines, ironically, right, sideline court. But instead of, you know, just watching, a lot of people learn, you know, get, get your own bumps and bruises, even though, you know, wisdom would be learning from somebody else's mistakes. But hey, a lot of people learn like that. I've learned like that from investing standpoint in other ways in life. So you can't knock them for that. But 33% on social media from an information standpoint, and then 47% said they invested something they didn't understand. Come on, y'all. We do got to do better. According to Full Effect Podcast, is what one of the people out here is trying to help them, as I said, educate these new investors. I'm not helping educate new investors because I'm I'm not an investing professional or financial advisor. I just want to come out here and give not general information, but just the actual information, meaning like what is an index fund or what is a mutual fund or how does capital gains work? Just telling you like what stuff is and, you know, essentially reading definitions to you versus, you know, advising you or telling you what to invest in. All right. And the last one, y'all, is going to be, does your, let me see how y'all can see this one. Does your mortgage retire with you? This is American Financing. It's the author of this article. I'll be at the end. Okay, no author for this article. Anyways, does your mortgage retire with you? What does retire mean? Let's find out. The American Financing team recently completed a retirement and mortgage survey in-depth studying examining mortgage retirement and home ownership trends among 60 to 70-year-olds. According to the findings, 44% of 60 to 70-year-old home buyers, homeowners bring their mortgage into retirement. Goodness, that's almost half of people are retiring with a mortgage. And this is where the data gets confusing. Then we talk about how many people own their Back to the classic keyboard, y'all. How many people own their home? According to Zebra, 64% of, of Americans own real estate. No, have no mortgage. Okay, 40% is saying own it outright without a mortgage. Okay, that makes a little bit more sense. That's 84% here. Okay. And 32% predicted will take them more than eight years to pay it off. I guess that's post-retirement. An additional 17%. And this is the thing. So it's going to take you eight years to pay it off. Let's say most people get a 30-year mortgage. Let's say 60 minus 22. That's 38. Okay, I know a lot of people don't think, but if you're 38 in 22 years, you'll be 60. All right, if you get a 30-year mortgage in, in your mid to late 30s, even 40s, you're going to be at retirement age in 30 years. 
one of the reasons I don't recommend a 30-year mortgage. And if you do get a 15, pay it off faster than that. An additional 70% say that they may possibly never pay it off. My goodness. These results, and this is where we get to estate planning. Y'all want the house, but you can't get your parents' house. They never paid it off. Or they took out a HELOC, home equity loan, or a lot of credit, or reverse mortgage, or second mortgage. I'm trying not to talk faster, but I just get so intense with it. These results are a fitting follow-up to Fannie Mae's own recent findings, which showed that today's baby boomers demonstrate a greater likelihood of carrying mortgage debt than previous generations, which is probably part of the sandwich generation, parent plus loans that baby boomers are probably, I would say, the first generation to deal with. Um, children staying at home longer slash becoming financially independent, taking them longer to become financially independent. A lot of things that baby boomers, you know, deal with as well, as far as when you most, not all, but a good amount of millennials slash Gen X. I mean, our parents are, it's a likelihood that our parents are in the baby boomer generation. So whenever you see any financial dependency that Gen Z or millennials or even Gen X are facing, those parents are going to be, Early Gen X are likely in the baby boomer situation. My both my parents are baby boomers. If you're an 80s baby, your parents are baby boomers. All right, and all 80 baby, all 80s babies are millennials. Except 1980. Millennials are, I think, 1981. All right. Never paying it off. And again, if you got your parents not gonna pay off their mortgage, like you got you gotta think about that. Cause then everybody wants the house, but you gotta own the house to get it. And if you don't, that debt's gotta get satisfied. You can't just take ownership of the house because it is your parents' mortgage and they're dead. So a new mortgage, you can't. That person can't keep a mortgage forever. They did. Such findings expose an unfortunate reality for many of today's baby boomers. Many in this age group will continue to bear the burden of debt well into their 70s. My goodness. Average age people dying is 80. Education opportunities. Overall findings show that a majority, 64 to 74% of 60 to 70 year old homeowners plan to remain in their current home. Excuse me. That's good. And 62% of these individuals plan to leave their home. Okay. To their children slash estate the survey also revealed a majority 71 percent of 67 year olds would be likely to make home renovations rather than move in the event that a health issue affected their mobility and or comfort at home depends on the health issue depends on what you're that's a when you're up there in age move, move, moving moving can be a health issue that's that's a lot to move now if you can financially do whatever needs to be done as far as renovating the house which one would say maybe people in the situation can't because they still have this mortgage. But if in general it, it makes sense financially, then go ahead and renovate your house. So telling a 60 to 70 year old that they need to move has got to be very um a very bad situation. Interestingly, nearly 63% of participants believe their savings would cover home renovations. I told it's not what it's for. If modifications became necessary, yet one question needs to be asked. How will these individuals afford to remain at home and make modifications if they run out of savings when nearly half 40% those surveys reported being unsure of what they would do in the event that retirement funds ran low exactly the data about how much money people actually have in retirement a lot of people talk about how much money you need to have this is why i don't i don't think i've ever done these videos where you know how much money should you have saved by this age or how much money nobody has any money saved the most amount of money people roughly have saved in any age demographic from a retirement standpoint is a quarter of a million dollars roughly okay and that, that, that that's not enough all right. How long before retirees pay off their mortgage home? All right. 20% said less than a year. 13, almost 14% said three to five. 32% said more than eight. 6.5 said one to two. Okay. I did this wrong. 6.5 said one to two years. 11% said six to eight. And then 16% said possibly never. So we're looking at almost half of people said they'll take eight years and never pay it off. 
crazy. With so many older Americans carrying mortgage debt with them later in life and many expressing uncertainty about the financial future if savings ran short, this could very well prove to be an increasing concern among retirees. That's why it's imperative that mortgage lenders make an active effort to discuss debt relief options with aging homeowners. Connecting baby boomers with key resources can provide important benefits and ease the burden of mortgage debt. Okay, we got some financial solutions. For instance, opting for a mortgage refinance. No, can't end up saving homeowners a significant amount of money. This shout out to Gary V. We have to start saying at excuse me, at one point in time, you are too old in the sense of your runway, your room for error, your margin for error is gone. And retirement age might, you know, in the your 60s or 70s might be it. Shout out to Colonel Sanders. Colonel Sanders is the only person I'm aware of that made a whole bunch of money at retirement age. When you get at retirement age, 50 is the cutoff. 50 is the age where even the government says, hey, we're defining this as the cutoff age for being on time. Because if you're at 50, we will allow you to do a catch-up contribution. You can only catch up to something if you're behind. So 50 is that marker. 60 is 10 years after 50. 70 is 20 years after 50. So when we talk about people doing a refinance on a mortgage, why definitely don't. Most people, not all, but most people, when they do a refinance, they extend their term. So say you've been a 30 year, you paid off for 25 years, then people will refinance and get another 30 year mortgage. That's 35 years to pay off that house. And originally it was only gonna take you 30 years because you've been paying off for five years and then you just did, a, now you just got another loan, essentially another mortgage for 30 years. So that's why when you see people gonna take, it's gonna take eight years, almost 20% think they'll never pay it off. Refinancing, not for everybody, but most of the time adds more years as far as paying off the house or loan or mortgage, not less years. Through refinance and borrowers can lower their interest rate. Interest rates are not lower. When was this article written? Uh, I don't know when this article was written, but interest rates have not been going lower for some years. They can even take cash out. Okay, don't use the home equity either. Put another link. Jesus, the study supports or do a reverse mortgage. The study shows a popular choice among homeowners with a majority. Okay, survey 58% refinance their home at some point. Okay. 72% of these individuals have done so to lower the interest rate. I guess it's just speaking overall. Additionally, homeowners over 62 can take out, oh, home I don't do the reverse. <laughs> I don't read the articles ahead of time. A home loan designed to convert a portion of home equity into cash rather than the borrower paying the lender. The lender makes tax repayments to the borrower. This route can be advantageous as it allows individuals to maintain ownership of their home without making payments. So long as they remain compliant with the loan terms and requirements, plus the cash received can be used however they see fit. Yeah, don't do the reverse mortgage. They can do renovations, pay off credit card a day. Okay. Cover senior care expenses. That if you're in a situation where you might have to do a home mortgage, you, you probably might need to sell the house. That that'd be a situation like you might need to sell the house. Or just do a little bit plan a little bit early on. You might need to that's one thing too. Some people want to retire with no money. It's like, can can you work longer? If you're in a situation where you're not doing a physical labor job, are you in a position to work longer? So those extra three to four years, one would say you're making the most money you've ever made in your life because you're near retirement age. If you sit down with somebody and actually do some proper financial planning, you know, I got to work another 10 years. You might got to work another three to five years to put yourself in a better situation. And by the way, you've been working your whole life and you didn't set yourself up. So sorry that you that we saying you got to work more. But it's like, dang, this is your whole life and you didn't properly manage it. So we're trying to save you with these last three to five years of this plan. We're doing like, yeah, you got to keep working. But if you do this, you execute these steps, you're going to be able to have some semblance of a retirement of what you probably thought you was going to have. Keep in mind, a reverse mortgage borrower. You do have an ongoing obligation to pay property tax. Okay, homeowners insurance. Ultimately, 
Reverse mortgages can present a viable option to help eligible individuals with limited income use the accumulated wealth in their homes to cover basic monthly expenses, ensuring that their savings will okay, last longer in retirement. Okay, as we wrap up, overcoming barriers, final survey thoughts, 19% of 60 to 70 year olds do not know what a reverse mortgage is good. It's, it's, and hopefully they're not getting it. It's a statistic that's higher than the number of individuals who would be open to considering one, 15%, even better. And it's a trend that points to a growing demand for lenders to provide, that's bad, lenders to provide a reverse mortgage education. As the government continues to strengthen the rules and regulations for good reverse mortgages, they may be top of mind when retirement planning. That's Let's not forget that property values and home equity continue to be on the rise. That said, reverse mortgages are certainly an option that deserves further discussion. No, they, no. My guess, do, do you think American Financing offers reverse mortgages? At American Financing, our dedicated mortgage consultants, okay, take the time to educate Paul. I told you. All right, y'all, that's it. Locked and loaded. Don't do a reverse mortgage. Do everything you can not to retire with a mortgage. If your parents are in a situation where they're near retirement age or at retirement age and they still have a mortgage or you haven't done anything as far as had a conversation with them about estate planning, or should I say they haven't talked to you about their estate, you got to do what you can to bring up those situations. All right. Cause that's how it's going to, it's going to come down to you, whether you like it or not, especially if you're for people who are only child, if you're only child, it's going to be all on you when your parent or parents die, whether you think you know, got a single parent or whatnot. When estates are not managed properly, I want to be very clear trying to cuss on here, but shit gets fucked. If estates are not managed properly, it is a mess. It is a mess. So that's why, dang, I didn't put everything on here. You go to bank, black investors. You go to retiring with the mortgage. I did all this stuff, stuff the banners not even using. But all right, y'all, that's it. Locked and loaded. End of the episode again. Mega mom and dad. Yes, people are living at home longer with their parents, but partly due to the financial situation that people are in due to student loan debt when they graduate in college. More information on financial literacy standpoint. It's good to stay at home if you're going to execute paying off your debt and building your savings so when you go out, you don't have to depend on your parents anymore financially. When it comes to black investors, yes, and black investors did invest more under 40, 40 years old, as far as compared to their white counterparts during the pandemic and beyond. However, I guess we're always going to be beyond the pandemic. But however, a lot of them did not invest something they understood, and a third of them got their information from social media. Don't recommend doing that. First thing you do when it comes to investing is invest in things that you understand. And 47% of black and 45% of white people invest in something they did not understand. Don't do that. Last thing, retiring with a mortgage. Do everything you can not to retire with a mortgage. I, th- I think I can I should just be able to leave it at that. Your retirement strategy usually, I've, I've never seen it. They People might talk about it, but I've never seen it. It's like, yeah, here's our plan for you from a financial standpoint. And when you retire, we're going to use some of this money when we're taking these distributions to continue to pay on your mortgage. Why would you do that? Just pay, just pay it off. Just pay it off before you retire. I mean, you look, you get you get 30 years to pay off the mortgage. So if you're, if you're retiring at, if you take retirement age of 65, Get your mortgage at 35. But again, a lot of people, if you don't have your mortgage by 35, get that 30 year. I mean, my goodness, if you get a 30 year mortgage post 40, for at 40 and older, you're not going to pay it off. If you pay it off on time, as far as the terms and conditions of the loan, you're not going to pay it off until you're in your 70s. That's crazy. That's why mortgage, aka death pledge, is what it is. But all right, y'all, that's it. Remember to comment, like, share, subscribe, leave those rate reviews on the podcast platforms as well. Again, my information as well as my code Jordan information can be found in the description. Jordan for the financial Jordan, Jordan for the fitness information, finally fit.live, 
5.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, Monday and Wednesday, virtual training training sessions, then myself, sideline underscore Corey, for the financial coaching information. Jordan stops stalling Jay on socials, but finally fit out his website for his training. All right, because I know he he wants y'all to go give him money. That's like what I say. Give Jordan and his wife money. But all right, y'all, that's it. Locked and loaded. Remember to say more and say less. Keep making better your best. And I'll catch y'all in the next one.